Hello and welcome to Checked Out. We're broadcasting from Euclid Public Library in beautiful Euclid, Ohio. I'm Marjorie Mogg, reference librarian. And I'm Mike Stein, assistant manager of adult services. We talk about our favorite books, movies, services, and events with our favorite people and our favorite community. Each podcast will feature a theme. Today, we're talking about the benefits of using yoga and meditation to stay mentally healthy and stress-free this year. Our guest is yoga instructor, Melissa Miller. Melissa teaches EPL's virtual yoga class. Melissa started yoga through VHS tapes and attended her first yoga studio class nearly 20 years ago in 2003. She completed her 200-hour yoga teacher training in 2017. Melissa, welcome to Checked Out. Thank you very much. I'm happy to be here. So let's just start right in. Tell us about the virtual yoga class you teach once a month for Eco Public Library. So once a month, and it started, you know, pre-pandemic and we were in person, and then we were able to nicely switch online. Um, I teach uh, an all-levels vinyasa class, and I it's an hour-long class. Vinyasa yoga is flow yoga. So in every movement that we do, we take a breath as we move. Um, It's a lovely meditation in motion. And the class can be anywhere from beginners to advanced. You can make any modifications you need to along the way. And the class is designed to meet every single person where they're at on the mat. And I'm just going to mention that um, I'm recovering from a foot surgery, but I've been able to participate in the yoga classes with Melissa and she really does a good, a good job of um, with each pose, uh, helping us modify it if we need to um, so that it's um, so that everyone is safe and healthy. And um, so I think your yoga classes, especially the way you modify them um, are a good fit for everyone. Thanks. I think, you know, it's really geared to be that. Um, I love the wide range of people that we've gotten to participate in the classes over the past few years. We have, you know, younger people participating. We have, I, there's been older men participating, which is is nice to see and, and rare to see. Um, we've had beginners who it's the first time ever coming to a yoga class. And we have people who've been practicing yoga for years coming. And I think that everyone is able to take something away from the classes. So it sounds like about anyone could do yoga. Here's a question kind of for me. You have to be flexible to enjoy the benefits of yoga. That is an absolute misconception about yoga. Yoga really is, um, it's, it's meditation in motion. And when you're on your mat, it's your mat. It's your space. It's where you need to be. And you should be able to meet yoga anywhere that you are at on that given day. Um, There are days I don't feel particularly flexible and still have to come and teach. It is yoga. People see yoga poses on Instagram. They see, you know, yoga, Facebook, the classes. They all have this concept about what yoga is. And it's absolutely not true. I mean, yes. There are poses that require a certain amount of flexibility. But what I always like to say is that yoga is a practice. It's not a perfect. And you will never have a perfect day where you think you've done everything right. Um, But 
every day is perfect when you just show up on your mat. And if you keep doing yoga, you will become more flexible. I think that that is, is one of, that is only one of the benefits of yoga. It's one of the physical benefits of yoga. Um, but that flexibility really, you know, comes into play more as you're aging. I think it's, it's so important to stay flexible in order to stay physically healthy. Um, as well as everyone's like, oh, do I need to stand on my head? Do I need to stand on one leg? So with the flexibility piece also comes balance. And, you know, yoga is a practice of finding your balance. And there's, you know, every, there's lots of different levels. You don't have to immediately go into some crazy pose that you've seen somewhere else. You, you definitely work your way up to that, or you don't, you just stay where you're at and yoga will still continue to have, you know, benefit you. But I do kind of guarantee that you will eventually increase your flexibility if you commit to it. Well, that sounds good. Yeah, I can also um, mention that um, as an example that yoga really is for every age group. We also offer um, children's yoga. Um, We're doing it virtually now in the children's department. But uh, just kind of a testament that it really is uh, adaptable for um, young and old and everyone in between, um, which brings me to another question. Uh, how does yoga help, especially during the pandemic when people are experiencing extra stress? Uh, yoga is definitely a stress reducer for many reasons. Um, and it is that mind body connection that, that helps yoga reduce people's stress. Um, Yoga was actually created as a way of preparing our bodies to meditate and it's getting out all of the kinks. It's, it's physically preparing you to just sit and and meditate. So, you know, yoga does reduce stress. You use oxygen more, more efficiently. Um, Your blood pressure drops, your breathing slows down It increases your immune function um, because it reduces stress. So, you know, it produces the, the more, you know, yoga has an effect on the body where it can actually reduce cortisol, which is your stress hormone. So when your stress hormone reduces, you feel less stress, your immunity goes up. And I think really during the pandemic, um, yoga has given a lot of people a lot of, of these benefits, but it's also just given people a routine. I think having a daily routine is important. Um, it is hugely important in increase, decreasing stress, decreasing anxiety. And if you know things are going to happen every day or every three days or however much you practice, it, it puts you in that mindset and gives you that, that daily routine. In Ayurveda, which is the sister science of yoga, it's called Dinacharya. And having you know that 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 routine, that framework that you operate in automatically just begins to lower your stress level because you know that this is how your day is going to go. Um, But it also does give you that movement, you know, movement reduces stress um, and exercise reduces stress. It's been shown over and over again that it has, it does that. So, you know, yoga does do that. Yoga also helps you quiet your mind. In yoga, we always talk about something, in yoga and meditation, we always talk about something called the monkey mind, 
where you have all these triggering thoughts and, and everything is running around in your head constantly. And, you know, how are my kids going to do with virtual school? You know, how are we going to be able to survive if my spouse can't go to work because of the pandemic? How are we going to make these car payments? What happens if my mother gets sick? I mean, these are all things that have been going around in people's minds throughout this entire you know, pandemic, and they all trigger stress. And when you become stressed, your body goes into this fight or flight mode. Um, and continually being in that fight or flight mode, that that is not good on your body. It eventually does physically take a toll on your body. So, you know, what yoga has done is help calm that monkey mind. You connect that that breath with that movement, you feel that meditation in that movement. And, you know, it gives you, I always say, focus on your breath. Your breath carries you through practice. It's how I start every single practice. So you focus on that breath, you get into that more meditative state as you're moving, physically moving your body. It starts to reduce that stress level, um, calming that monkey mind. And it allows, you know, your body to, to start to heal and to repair itself. And it has been shown in study after study that people who do yoga are more resilient towards stress. Their bodies handle stress more. They're better able to fall back on yoga in a stressful situation, fall back on meditation in a stressful situation. And when you're able to do that, those stress triggers you know how to handle those stress triggers. Your body knows how to handle those stress triggers. So it just overall calms your nervous system and the benefits during a very stressful time, like the past few years have been, are enormous. Melissa, you mentioned a couple minutes ago that yoga is a practice, not a perfect. So you do our classes once a month. Uh, and you can go to yukalibrary.org and look at our program listing to see how to sign up for them. How often should somebody practice to get the best results? I always say you really you need to build a routine. Um, and I mean, if you ask me how often you should practice, I will tell you you should practice every day. I understand that that is absolutely not a reality for most people, including myself. Um, I wish it were three times a week to really start to see some of the benefits of yoga, to really start to see um, it having that effect on your body where you're starting to, you know, reduce, do reduce your stress. I all, and you start to see some of the physical benefits of yoga uh, after, you know, three times a week too. And I'm not saying every time you need to commit to, to an hour on your yoga mat, like we do once a month. Um, I think just, you know, waking up and doing a few sun salutations or doing a few yoga poses that help you sleep at night and let go of your day, that's practice. And as much of that as you can get in, that's great. If you have gone back to work or if you're still working at home and you're at your desk and you're hunched over all day, you know, five minutes at lunch, just doing a few stretches benefits both your body physically and your mind and helps reduce that stress. Um, but definitely I would say like three, three nice practices, you know, a half hour to an hour a week, if you can give that time would be ideal. So kind of use your monthly class here as a springboard and why at the library, grab a 
DVD to follow along and maybe a CD with music, and then you can guide yourself a couple times a week. And Absolutely. I think that that's some of the best ways to really jump into yoga. A lot of people, that's one thing that I think that the pandemic has been great for yoga. I think more people are able to have been able to, to reach yoga through virtual classes. Um, and especially if you're starting right at the beginning, you know, the words are sometimes kind of funny. Um, usually my first time through, I, I will say the poses in English and then in Sanskrit right after for the first or second times through. But then by the third time through, I might not say the English word anymore. I might use its traditional Sanskrit word. Um, and I think that those DVDs that you can get from the library are perfect for, for learning the poses. And then you'll feel more comfortable coming to a class. You'll know, you know, what to expect. You'll know if I say, you know, Trikonasana triangle pose, you would have seen it. They, they walk you through it on the DVDs. So, you know, the more that you can do with those DVDs, I think your comfort level just increases when you come to class. Um, I think some people don't come to class because they just get stressed out by the whole concept of what a yoga class is. And I, I don't care if you come and lay on your mat for an hour. If that's what you need during that day, that's that's your yoga. If you need to lay in Shavasana, you know, corpse pose for the entire hour, then do it. You've been very flexible with the library in terms of from in-person to virtual so that as we move forward, we're still um, virtual, but we are planning on having in-person or, and or virtual in the future. And then hopefully, um, we're not sure about this, but it would be wonderful if um, in the summertime we could actually be outdoors. That would be amazing. But we just don't know what um, what things are going to look like in the summer. So, um, but you've been... Uh, so accommodating as we've been trying to uh, navigate, you know, how to continue having uh, the you you teach our yoga classes. Thank you. I think it's also been phenomenal how, you know, Euclid jumped in to fill a gap where there there was a gap um, by offering yoga classes and making them free to the public is is important. I think I think that. Um, so oftentimes people are like, oh, you know, and I never, when people ask how much a yoga class costs, I was like, I, you know, you can say $15 for a class, $18 for a class, and people can be turned off by that. A lot of people can't afford that. And, you know, I look to look, think of it as it's an investment in you. Um, but even at, if you're not, you know, there are people that still can't make that investment to them. So I think that having, you know, the free yoga classes offered through the library um, throughout the pandemic and for you guys to figure out a way that we were able to pivot and continue those yoga classes is, is phenomenal. So I'd imagine doing the virtual yoga classes were probably, it's probably a new thing for you when it started. Um, what's the differences between a virtual yoga class and an in-person class? or even following on a DVD or VHS? I, I think that you get something from, you know, the energy around you. I mean, there is, there's a lot to be said about breath work and, and the energy you can pick up from other people. Um, I miss hearing people breathe. 
during class. I like to hear when I say take a deep inhale, I like to hear that inhale. You know, to me, that's hearing positive energy, new energy come in. When you exhale, I like to feel you let go of anything you're holding on to. I really like to feel that decompression, that tension release. Um, so I do, I do miss the people just because it's, it's an energy. When you have 15 people in that room in Euclid, you can feel the vibration that everyone gives off. And that that's what I miss about virtual classes. But there is, you know, the other side too, where it's way more accessible for people. And people are sometimes more comfortable starting that way. You know, I, I started doing yoga on a VHS tape how many years ago? And because I was comfortable until, you know, I've been very athletic my entire life. It was my, it was, it was a, a running injury that first really led me to yoga. So, you know, I, I, I've been athletic. I like to go to classes. I like to go to group fitness classes, but there was something intimidating about walking into a yoga studio when you've never done it. Um, so I think that having, you know, the virtual classes and, and the videos is a great way to start. I am looking forward to seeing people again. Um, I miss some of my regulars that were coming, you know, before. And then when I see their faces on Zoom, it makes me happy, but I still do miss the energy I get from them. You know, I have to agree with you. I would rather be in the, in the same room with you. There's just something that you bring. You you just seem to bring it an energy when it, um, when you're in person with your group. And but we're all adjusting and we're adapting. And um, another question I have for you: um, Are there different types of yoga, and which type do you teach? Do you teach more than one type of yoga? I do. I teach a lot of different types of yoga. Um, there's, um, I teach vinyasa, everything I, I, most of what I teach is a vinyasa based Hatha class. So vinyasa just means flow. So we really do use the breath to flow from one movement to another. Um, I tend to teach a slower flow when I teach at Euclid, um, people sometimes think slow flow means easy flow, and it doesn't. It means sometimes it's harder because you have to hold poses for longer for, you know, three, four five breaths. But I think that that really, you know, having that slower vinyasa flow really lets you feel the poses and get into the poses and feel the benefit of the pro of the poses. So usually we do start, you know, by holding poses sometimes longer than one breath. And we work up to the last time we move through the, the choreographed flow. Um, and then we might move on one breath per movement. Uh, there's power yoga, which I also teach. It really builds a lot of, a lot of strength. It gets your heart rate up. You move always on, you know, every, every breath, that you take is, is movement. There's yin yoga, which you hold, it's done all entirely on the ground. Um, and you use props, you use bolsters, you use straps, you can use blocks. When you do yin yoga, you hold poses for three to five minutes. And what it really does is the purpose of yin is to really let you get into all the microfascial tissue that covers all of your muscles um, and breaks down anything that you're holding onto in those microfascial layer of your anatomy. There's restorative yoga, which also is on, done on the floor and uses props. 
and it's it's more to just rest and reset. So while you think that you're, you know, you can be in yin and you can be holding a pose for five minutes and it's not necessarily the most comfortable. You have to work through that discomfort in order to find that comfort in your microfascial layer. Um, but what restorative does is you use the same types of props and it really, it gets you right to the comfort place that you want to be as comfortable as possible in, in restorative yoga. Um, I also do, I don't teach kids yoga at Euclid, but I do teach kids yoga. There's prenatal yoga. There's chair yoga. If you have difficulty standing, um, which, you know, the, the poses are adapted so you can just do them seated and you still get the same benefits. Well, Melissa, you've kind of been talking about this and different answers, but we have this question written down. How is yoga different from meditation? But it sounds like what you've been saying is they're kind of one and the same. They go together. They do. I definitely think that they do. Um, yoga is, like I said, it's preparing your body to meditate was always, you know, the concept of yoga and the, the yogis 5,000, 6,000 years ago, it was doing the movement. So you can sit in lotus position and, and meditate for hours. Um, I wish I could do that. I, I can't do that now. I don't, you know, I don't know anyone who has the time to commit to doing that on a daily basis. Um, the, 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 con, the things between the, the link between yoga and meditation, they are very similar um, in the ways that they reduce stress. And I think a lot of that has to do with the breath work. You know, it's it's that breath work, that focusing on, on lowering your heart rate, um, lowering your blood pressure, do that deep breathing is similar. Meditation is even more accessible than yoga. Um, and the concepts are the same. And I think people steer away from it because they have this idea of like this yogi on a mountain just sitting there and meditating for hours and with their legs crossed in a position they know that they'll never get into. Um, and they're so, you know, focused that they don't ever think of anything else. And that is absolutely, you know, not true. Um, meditation, very similarly to yoga, it does reduce your stress level. It makes you better prepared to deal with those moments when you, your body would normally go into fight or flight. Um, it helps reduce those stress triggers. What yoga does, what meditation does in yoga as well is it really keeps you in the present moment. Um, it calms that monkey mind again in meditation. It's giving you something to focus on. In yoga, I think it's about focusing on how the breath connects to the movement. Meditation could be anything, you know, a lot of people do focus on the breath when they meditate. Um, a lot of people count breaths when they meditate. They take a deep breath in, they take a deep breath out, and that's that's one breath. Um, and, you know, so it has a lot of the similar benefits as yoga. Um, but meditation is something that is so completely accessible and it literally requires you to sit and calm your mind. And that's key. And be in the present moment. Be very aware um, in the present moment of what you're thinking about. That does not mean in meditation that you are only focused on that one thought. That means you try really hard to focus on that one thought. But those other thoughts are going to keep coming in. You're going to have the other thoughts. You're going to, you know, be sitting there and think, oh, my God, did I pick up my dry cleaning? 
Oh, what am I going to make for dinner? Did I remember to call my mother-in-law and tell her not to come over on Friday that I found another babysitter? Like these thoughts all come into your head during meditation. But I think what is so key about meditation is that when you are sitting in meditation and you are breathing or you are counting or you're listening to a meditation via an app and those thoughts come in, you're still, you know, you're meditating because you're aware of those thoughts. You're like, oh, I shouldn't be thinking of that now. I can think of that when I'm done and you let it go. Um, so, you know, I think that that's also, you know, that's meditation. And I think that when you, when people hear that, it's less intimidating. I think, I think meditation to me was always more intimidating than yoga because, you know, I was an athlete because I can move because I have good balance. And yes, I can hold a lot of those positions for a very long time, but meditation is so difficult because it's just sitting with your thoughts, which is a very real thing. Um, but the benefits are tremendous. And I think that with meditation, you need to remember like four basic things. Like, you know, you need to be consistent like yoga. It's not like an hours, hours every day, you know, but five minutes a day for you to just sit and breathe and focus on you. I, I think everybody owes that to themselves. You know, and everybody can do five minutes a day. Just put your phone down. That simple. Everyone's on their phone for five minutes. So yeah. that's, um, you know, that's, that's an easy thing to do. The longer that you meditate, the more benefits you have, but if you can't benefit, if you can't, I would say definitely meditate for, you know, every day for five minutes a day, then twice a week for 60 minutes at a time, you, you'll have greater benefits overall. Um, once again, remembering practice, you know, isn't perfect. There's no wrong way to meditate. You do not have to sit in an awkward position. You have to be comfortable. You know, you have to be comfortable. You have to be grounded. So sit in a chair, uncross your legs and put your feet on, on the ground so you can reap some of the benefits of, of being grounded um, to the earth and, and just start to focus on your breath for five minutes. Um, you need to remember it's okay when your mind wanders. Like I said, that just means you're meditating because you've noticed that your mind wanders. Otherwise, we go through our whole day with these thoughts running through our head and we never notice them. You know, maybe an hour later, you'll be like, oh, I did forget to take the meat out of the freezer when I thought about it last, you know, in the last hour. So it's totally fine with that. And then you have to remember that staying present is hard. It's hard to be in the present moment. But the benefits you can reap by, by training yourself to be in the present moment are amazing. Like you don't have to take that picture every single time of that beautiful sunset. You know, everybody wants that picture. Everybody wants to post it to something. But just being in that moment, seeing that sunset, that's enough. We have memories. We can, go, we can go back to those. That really is enough for you, for looking inside, you know, for validating yourself. Um, and I think that the more we practice staying in the present moment, the more, you know, the better we are. I know a lot. I'm very good at practicing fights with people. Very good. Like if I have to call AT&T to complain about something with my service. I spend three days planning that fight in my head. And that's not healthy. Instead of just trying to stay in the present moment and say, this is an issue. I'll resolve it when I have time to call and then calling and being like, Hey, this is an issue. How can we resolve it? If you've well done it for three days, it just gets to be a worse problem. 
So, you know, there are so many benefits to, to meditation and learning how to keep yourself in that present moment. Well, it's funny you mentioned benefits because um, what um, drew me to yoga was knowing I need more flexibility. And I really, I am coming along in that regard. The funny thing is, I thought I really had a good sense of balance. And I do not. Yoga has, I kind of um, will be in, in the middle of a pose and I'll just kind of keel over. But that's such an important lesson to learn that I, I think one of the best things I get from yoga is better balance. Can you talk a little bit about how we all um, favor one side or the other and how yoga really helps us balance both sides of our body? Yeah, I think, you know, the, we always have been like the yin and the yang in yoga, one side versus the other, right. or masculine or feminine side. Um, but, you know, all of the theoretical benefits of, of the two sides of yoga, but what you really need to look at is, is your own balance and your own sides. And we are very different on both sides of our body, and we don't realize that. Um, you know, I was a figure skater. I'm a skier. I think I have tremendous balance. and that doesn't mean both sides of my body. I, I do have very good balance, but that doesn't mean that both sides of my body are balanced equally, um, which is what we want is, is to maintain that level of balance and balance our bodies on either side. And I talk, you know, throughout class on how you, we do poses on, on each side. So you do what you do on the right, you do on the left, you do it as many times on the right as you do on the left. And I, I like slowing down a vinyasa practice because you can feel those differences. You know, I know that my left side is my left side is tighter than my right side. Um, I can feel it in pigeon pose, for example, when you're stretching out your hips. I can always feel that my right side is way looser than my left side. When I think about my injuries and, and where my injuries occur when I run, um, they're often on the left side of my body. That's not as loose. That's not as tight. It's because I'm not balanced equally. People tend to fall because they don't have balance or they don't have equal strength or equal balance on um, either side. I, you know, there's, I always, when people say, why do you work out so much? Why do you do yoga so much? I always say, because I want to enjoy my life well into my nineties. Um, and yoga really allows you to do that. And by, by practicing your balance, by evening it out both sides, you reduce chances of injury. I mean, things like um, plantar fasciitis, which is a very common injury that many people get um, from standing or walking, you know, too much, running too much. It's, it's an imbalance injury. So where is that imbalance in our bodies? How do we do that? Um, it a lot of times comes because one calf is tighter than the other calf. So how do we lose, you know, how do we find those imbalances and work through them so we can fully enjoy life? And, you know, so you can get down and play with your grandkids or you can chase your kids around baseball practice. You know, those are, those are important things. And um, balancing our bodies as well as our minds is, is important in quality of life. And yoga helps do that. Well, Melissa, thanks for joining us on Checked Out. Melissa Miller leads our yoga classes both online, and I think we'll be getting back to in-person pretty soon. She does that once a month. 
And for people that might like to do it with you more than the once per month, do you have a way uh, for people to contact you? Do you do other classes or what suggestions do you have? I do. Um, I, as the summer, uh, as the weather starts to break, I often do classes at Whiskey Island on Friday evenings. I do a, a happy hour donation yoga. Um, and then I do workshops and different yoga classes through Journey Yoga and Wellness, which you can find online um, right now. And I often post where I'm going to be. You can follow me on Instagram at Mel Miller Yoga. And that is usually how you know where I'm teaching next. Um, I do like to be outside a lot during the summer. So, you know, there's a lot of outdoor yoga. I also do walking meditations and yoga classes outside as well. Very good. I think I could probably walk to your classes in uh, Whiskey Island from where I live. Might be a little long of a walk, but I could get there uh, fairly easily. So With maybe the new bridge. There's a new beautiful bridge. I haven't got to go on it yet, but that would be a good excuse to use it. Thanks again, Melissa. Great. Thank you both. And now, the news you cannot use. Okay, Marjorie, I think I'm going to have to put my personal library up for auction real soon. More than 1,000 items from the personal collection of the late Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg fetched more than $2.3 million in bids recently. Legal textbooks, photos, feminist literature, and items with personal inscriptions were included in the auction, according to Smithsonian Magazine. Most of what was sold were books left in her Washington, D.C. apartment after other items were dispersed to institutions, novels such as Catcher in the Rye by J.D. Salinger and Beloved by Toni Morrison. Her personal copy of her collected writings, My Own Words, went for $81,562 after being estimated to sell for $2,000. You can find some of those books on Euclid Public Library shelves without having to pay the high prices. If you've got an electric car, you might want to drive it to the Euclid Public Library. Thanks to a grant from the Greater Cleveland Partnership, Level 2 charging stations are now available for public use in the parking lot between the library and City Hall. You can access the chargers through the ChargePoint mobile app while paying 22 cents per kilowatt hour. So come to the library and recharge your car while you are recharging your brain with books, movies, magazines, and more. Wow, good to know. And I've been thinking about getting a new car and making it at least a hybrid or maybe an electric car. So that's Gosh. good for me. And Marjorie, make sure you always triple check your announcements to the public. A library in Pflugerville, Texas, had to tell disappointed high schoolers that snakes would in fact not be part of an anti-prom event at the library. According to BuzzFeedNews.com, a blurb in the local newspaper said that there will be a DJ, snakes, and a photo booth at the event. Alas, the library is going to have snacks for the events not snakes. A correction was issued and the event was still a success. No snakes at Eco Public Library either, but snacks are welcome. And that's the library news you cannot use. Thanks for listening to Checked Out. We hope you will tune in next time. You can learn more about Eco Public Library by stopping in or going to our website, ecolibrary.org. Bye-bye.